Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, thank you so much for tuning in. I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. For those seasoned listeners, welcome back and you're in for a treat. With me today in the hot seat is a special guest by the name of Meryl Klimo. And today we're going to be diving in for a fun segment, which is all about laughter and reducing stress. But before we do, let me share a little bit more about who Meryl Klimo is. So Meryl Klimo is a woman of many different hats, made out of paper airplanes. She is the co-host and co-producer of the Campfire Shit Show podcast, a comedy chart-topping weekly show that has been going strong for four whopping years. Talking to people about their shit show moments in life, Meryl is the founder of Pre-Canceled Apparel, a tongue-in-cheek conspiracy culture brand, and she does stand-up comedy and has performed at venues such as Flappers in Burbank, La La Jolla Comedy Store, and the Hollywood Improv. Meryl also is a contributor to the LA Girl Los Angeles Lifestyle Blog, where she covers events and happenings around the Los Angeles area. So without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Meryl Klimo. Thank you so much. It's so nice to finally meet you too. My pleasure, Meryl. And you're a seasoned listener, so you know how we do it here on the show. So there are two ways I like my guests to connect with the audience. One, being an icebreaker, or two, a rapid fire 10 question game, emphasis on rapid. What are you in the mood for? Let's do an icebreaker. Okay, here we go. We're breaking the ice with Meryl. I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life or a fun and interesting fact about yourself that not even your community knows, but if you're feeling frisky, combine the both of them. Wow. Ooh. And this is, um, this is G rated, right? Family friendly. (laughs) I can't admit to anything illegal, right? (laughs) Um, Unless you want someone to track you down, but (laughs) that's so funny. No, I would say. I, I think I'm going to go with, I think maybe a lot of people feel like this too, but I think I have a, a my job is in entertainment and a lot of my, um, my work is forward facing in the way that I do have a lot of fun and it looks like I have a lot of fun, but I feel like my secret is behind the fun. There's a lot of work, a lot of strategy and organization. And so I think people would be surprised how like, um, not like my crazy character I am in real life. awesome and thank you for sharing that so audience I hope that gives you a little bit more insight to Meryl so she does do work behind the scenes and it it actually is work because whether you're being a stand-up comedian or whatever profession you're in you have to strategize in order for the content that you're putting out 
to take root and for other people to grasp your creative content, whether you're a blogger, a vlogger, a stand-up comedian, or whatever the case may be. Sometimes, yes, it's fun to have kicks and giggles, but it takes work. And whenever I say it takes work, sometimes that work is personal for your personal development because you do have to take time away for Mm -hmm. self-care in order to recharge and rejuvenate so you can show up in your authentic self. You just like synthesize that like beyond perfectly of what I, I like you just took what I feel and I cannot communicate, communicate well and you just made that perfect. Yeah, I, I think being someone that like writes a lot, I have a lot of output in the world. It's crazy to me how much time I need away for to process things and come up with a perspective and um just how you said like self-care. So yeah, you really like, you got that. Thank you. So question for you, before we really dive into the meat and potatoes, do you have a favorite comedian or someone that inspired you to start your journey? Um, like comedians, like, it's so funny, because I think stand up, I, I didn't really grow up loving a lot of stand up. I love more humorous. Like, I think, you know, I don't know if he's canceled now or whatever. But obviously, Mark Twain, I, I loved the, his ability to have like a play on words and more of his clever way of writing. You know, like, I'm not I'm not sure if he was the best human or not, but I think in terms of of writing and a brain, I loved Mark Twain. Um, But but the more I get into stand-up and writing in general, I just love Joan Rivers. And I feel like she's, the way I see that she crafts a joke and does it so well. I think the more I learn about comedy and the more I do stand-up, the more I see what like an icon Joan Rivers really is. Oh, nice. And thank you for sharing because I'm hands down a comedy lover. And today we're going to be spending time talking about laughter and reducing stress because people say laughter is good for the soul, but Mm -hmm. then sometimes people laugh till you cry, you laugh to help you cope. And there's so many different ways that we laugh on a daily basis, but what happens when the laughter stops? That should worry you. Yeah, for sure. So with you being in stand-up comedy and I love how your bio talked about you wear many hats and they're paper airplane hats (laughs) tell us what you mean by by that I know exactly what I mean okay so I feel like I do a lot of different things whether it's in the podcast world or the comedy world but I don't take any of them too seriously so in in many in like the actual tangible sense I feel like sometimes the hats need to come off and fly off because you have to wear another one and then yeah, exactly. And then in the comedic sense, um, just just that where it's like it's all silly where, you know, we have these jobs and these roles. And I, I don't know, I, I'm someone that I don't like to be stuck too much with like an identity of like, OK, she's this person because she has this job or it's like this label. I like to just be humans and have a human experience. And so I've always been this like kind of I think bucking against like um, aligning with like one type of job or like one way that a human is. I like that. So it definitely sounds like you're that wild card factor and you're not going to be the one to be in line with the status quo. You're going to push the status quo because you're Meryl Klimo. You're not trying to be like everybody or anything else. You just want to be you and you want to be authentic. You want to show up and you're not going to be hunker down or buckle down to one specific identity because the minute that you do that you feel like maybe you're becoming stale or stagnant would you agree with to that sentiment so much very much so I've, I have had jobs before that I felt like uh I viewed it as giving me self-worth because I was attached to something and then I've really let that go of like 
there's no brand, whether you work for Vogue or, you know, like any, like Apple, whatever. I just think at the end of the day, all these things are just concepts. And so it's like, uh, so yeah, I always, I think I, that's kind of more of like the tortured artist part of me that, that never wants to be like, uh, um, associated with like these bigger ideas, but then obviously it's nice to be in a world where you're part of a community. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know you mentioned that you haven't been doing stand-up comedy for that long. So what was that driving factor where you've had that aha moment and you said, you know what, comedy is what I need to be doing? So um, it, it was a friend that told me that she would punch me in the face if I didn't do stand-up. <laughs> so, so yeah, about in, I'm new to the stand-up game, meaning that I've, I've been doing it for about three years, which sounds like a long time to be doing anything. But I have found from other stand-up friends and pe people, comedians that, you know, like the first four years, you're really just a baby and you're just learning everything. And it really takes years upon years and hours of practice to be um, honed in your skill of anything. But of course, stand-up is one of those things. So yeah, I had always been comedy, stand-up adjacent. I was doing a lot of things that were in the realm of comedy, like writing. Um, I did morning radio for a little bit in San Diego. I have a podcast that we mentioned for years. And I was always friends with a lot of stand-up comedians and they would tell me like, you should do it. You have to do it. And then I just wouldn't do it. And then finally I was at a house party and this comedian, I really love so much. I'll give her a shout out. Her name is Audrey Stewart and she's a great comedian performs all around Los Angeles and all around the, the country now. And she told me that if I don't do stand-up in the next couple months, she was going to find me and punch me in the face. <laughs> so it was part passion and part intimidation. So the next month, I think I enrolled in a stand-up comedy class, um, one called Pretty Funny Women, that was really wonderful and really gave me the support I needed. And I felt like it was the right place for me. And that, that helped me go ahead with my dreams. So, yeah. That is awesome. And I love how she held you accountable because she says, if you don't do it, I'm going to punch you in the face. And depending... Like, if she said that to someone else who didn't take it as a joke, they'll be like, hold up, what do you mean you're going to punch me in the face? Like, not going to happen. <laughs> yes. So I love that you took it as encouragement, but then it also was what helped you put the put your foot forward and get going. So you busted a move. I, I definitely busted a move. And honestly, it's so... Um... I'm, I'm very grateful and it's, it's so nice when you have someone that's already doing something and they pull you into it and they have that vote of confidence in you and also that says a lot about my friend that she it, it takes like a big uh you know confident person to also recognize that someone else might be good at something that you're doing and invite them into it because I think a lot of times there's a lot of insecurity in my world and you know a lot of like um people almost like seeing good things and then kind of shutting it away but it takes a really strong person to like call someone in that they think would also do a good job because the stand-up world could be very like weird and insecure yeah I could see that kind of like you know the corporate world it could be a dog eat dog world yeah but someone who is confident and secured in their craft they see somebody else who is doing the same thing as a way of collaboration not competition because they begin to view it as a higher altitude and a different vantage point to realize that there's enough room for all of us here and just because she's a comedian and I'm a comedian that doesn't mean that we're going to operate in the same lane because we're each going to have our different jokes based on our lifestyle and things that pertain to us where we're crafting it to make people laugh and when you make people laugh you're then in turn reducing their stress 
And whenever you're reducing your stress, they're going to want to come back and get more laughter. So then you're going to get paid to do something that you love. Holla at your girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're so good at like taking concepts and synthesizing them. Honestly, that's like a brilliant skill. And yet I think uh, that is exactly like when, when we're operating in abundance, we're able to see other people's skills and invite them into our world even if we know they're going to do well I think that is such like a a big strong energy that all of us should carry with us you know and it's like we all need other people to pull us up and to believe in us and it 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 means so much I think sometimes we don't we downplay how much it means to have others believe in us and that is like something I try to do or I try to look around and I'm like okay who might need like a kind word or some encouragement so yeah ah yes I have like all here for that because each one help one, each one reach one or however that uh, saying goes. And I just love what you're doing because I love to laugh. I love to have fun. Some people say, oh, that's Genesis. That's that firecracker. So now I call myself the firecracker and the mindset hacker since I do visionary uh-huh. coaching too. I um, love that. So since we're all about laughter here and reducing stress, we all know that the times that we're living in are right now is very, you know, societal focus, there's cancel culture, the great resignation, there's so many things going on. So how can we see laughter as something that everyone should do on a daily basis, whether you're watching a funny show, a movie, going to a comedy club, or etc. Let's give the audience some insight on how they need to start tapping into laughter on a daily basis to reduce the stress. That's great. Well, first, I feel like I really um, honor that all of us have different things that we view as funny. Like, you know, I think that's also what is like very funny and kind of gut busting for one person is not that funny for someone else or they're just like, I don't get it. So I think honing into the type of comedy that you really like, whether that's a funny movie or whether it's just going to a park and watching people and people watching and seeing, I think I, I would, you know, I would classify myself more as like observational where if I sit and watch things that are meant to be funny, it's not always like a home run for me. But the more I'm out in the world and the more I'm at a fancy restaurant or something that like is a juxtaposition of like what comedy is, then the more I find comedy in that, if that makes sense. Like, for example, I just had a friend the other day that we were at a really fancy place in Beverly Hills and her dog was dry heaving on the pool deck and like the dog was throwing up and, and just like the vision of that, this like little dog just throwing up everywhere on this like fancy pool deck was so funny to me that I really like fell to my knees and I was so la- I was laughing so hard. So very long story short is I think it's important for people to tune into their sense of humor and to follow that, whether that is going to a comedy show or whether it's just calling a friend that you think is funny and riffing with them one-on-one. Um, I think that's a beautiful way. And then the second thing is, just to be open and listening to what another person is saying or what is happening in the world. Cause I think comedy is there all the time and things are really funny, even if it's just nature, even if it's just like two birds having their own dance and it's a funny thing. So I think to be uh, appreciating comedy is to be aware and open to your surroundings. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And even sometimes like we as individuals, sometimes we say something and we don't mean it to be like funny or humorous or maybe it's our tone of voice or how we said it and then the person next to us like if it's our friend they just start cracking up and then you're like what's so funny and then their laughter is contagious and then you start laughing and the next yes you're laughing so hard until you're crying or you're laughing so hard until you're about to pee yourself and you're like I didn't even mean it to be funny like that but it was like hilarious and they were cracking up (laughs) 
Yeah, I, absolutely. And I, I honestly think having a sense of humor, whatever, it doesn't have to mean one thing, but I think that's a sign of like an overall healthy person. And I think the better people feel in their body and their mind, the more, uh, the more they're going to interact with life in a humorous way, you know? So I think that's too. And I understand maybe some people aren't there yet and maybe they're feeling like they're super stressed out or super like burnt out in life. But I think the more in tune and the healthier you get within yourself, then the more just like you can see the humor and the ridiculousness in a lot of things. Yeah, most assuredly. So they kind of just take, let things take a backseat, like have that laissez-faire approach, not where you're so loose with certain things, but just realize, okay, does this really matter right now? Is it going to matter a year from now, five years from now, or 10 years from now? Or should I just laugh about it and move on? Or like this one song says, I love the movie White Chicks. And you know that, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's that one scene in the movie. It's like, wait is it white chicks or it may be another movie so correct me if i'm wrong and it's like rolling with the homies and oh clueless like, yes and yeah she does clueless. That i love that scene that's a great scene yeah <laughs> that, that movie is such a classic I, that's like one of the movies i can watch over and over again and another funny part in well this one is really white chicks like where they're they were telling the yo mama jokes and I, it was either Marlon or Sean Waynes and they're like your mom is so old whenever she breastfeeds her milk is like and, and then like the powder comes out of his hand <laughs> powdered over. I love it I love it the whole the whole Waynes family is just like legendary in the comedy world I mean they're so talented yeah so I mean like just little things like that like quirky funny serious funny stupid funny whatever yeah and I always think I try to view of course we have serious moments in life but I feel like I view life as a whole as like a comedic error almost, you know? So I definitely, I don't know if that's a mindset or if that's built into me, if it's like a nature or nurture thing, but I think I will always look at life through the lens of more um, comedy, even if it's tragedy, you know? So question here. So whenever you got into the comedy scene, did your family members or some friends begin to view you differently than they did before? That's a really good question. Oh my gosh. Um, people in my life have been so encouraging. I think because they, they can see it has been, it, it wasn't out of left field, I think for me, like it's always been inside of me. So I think for a lot of people that I knew it was like, that makes sense. Um, I've had some friends honestly say to me that they've been nervous for me in like a, not in a doubtful way, but in a way that they, they knew I was good at writing, but I think the performance side of like what I was doing gave them a little bit of anxiety for me but I always told them like you don't have to be nervous for me like I'm I'm nervous enough for myself as it is and like e even if I fail on some nights or some occasions like it's okay it's, it's really okay so I didn't have anyone that I'm very very lucky I didn't have anyone that doubted me or that like totally viewed me different um I feel like a lot of people do like I, I can't imagine being someone that like would be trying to do something and have their friends and family not support them like you know I feel like very empathetic for people in those situations because that's that's really tough and so um but I did have one friend that wrote another friend and said uh I think she said like that's so cool Meryl's doing comedy I didn't I, I never knew she was that funny or something and so I made that like the quote from one of my from one of my flyers <laughs> like you know the same way that like New York Times would review something so it's like this girl Jeanette that I went to school with and said like I, I didn't know she was that funny so so yeah I think um I, I think honestly too I lived for a while in San Diego in the city of San Diego and now I live in Los Angeles and so I think if anything like my friends from San Diego didn't really know me as a stand-up and so in Los Angeles like my friends more know me as a stand-up so anything it's more like 
different cities where it's like my friends from San Diego are still learning about this new endeavor whereas like LA is just kind of like I came in with a new identity Mm, yeah and sometimes just switching uh sceneries is also good because you're tapping into a new pool of people and some people are maybe you know uptight in one area and in the next area they're like hang loose bro like it is what it is type of yeah atmosphere absolutely absolutely yeah but I I think I really encourage people if you are in the situation where you're trying to do something and the people around you don't recognize that there are so many ways for you to connect with people that do believe in you um whether you know now that we have online communities and I think for people that were trying to do stand-up directly it's like the more you go to open mics or the more you go to places that where people are doing comedy the more you're going to be able to have that support rather than just like I don't know I think sometimes people close to us are scared of us doing something because they're scared for us or they could never do it or they don't understand it but, you know, so I, I think a lot of times in a, in a good way, I kind of don't listen to that, but I've been very lucky that like I have a very, very supportive family and, and boyfriend and friends. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And it, it goes to show you that sometimes like you need to find out your find out who your tribe is and who's in your tribe. Are they rooting for you for you to succeed or are they rooting for you to fail because you're doing something that they always wanted to do, but then they were too afraid to start it. And then whenever they see you do it, it scares them crapless. And they're like, (laughs) man, I could have did that. Well, yeah, you could have, but you didn't do it. And now I'm doing it. And now you're over here acting like negative Nancy, instead of being that supportive friend that is going to root for me and cheer me on because you want to see my success. You're not going to root for me or cheer me on because you want to see my downfall. So that's a part of like changing sceneries, changing circles and etc. Know who your tribe is and know who's riding for you. Yeah, honestly, that is so good. And I try to do it on the flip side, too, where I'm like, okay, who, what of my friends do I like have a certain idea of their identity where I'm like, okay, this friend is bad with money or this friend can't keep a job down and like allow yourself to honestly be surprised by how people change because I think we, we view each other in this like kind of the three dimensional way. It's like, this is this person. They aren't good at this. They are good at this. But then a few years later, it might not even be who that person is anymore. So in a good way, I try to let my friends surprise me. And if they're interested in something new or they take like a total 180 in their life, even if I think it's strange, I try to just like trust them and trust their process too. Because, you know, I think after four or five years, like we all change so much that, not that we don't know each other, but that it's we don't have like the right idea of what we all are a lot of times. Yeah, it's part of growing. And just like the world is evolving, we as individuals evolved on, you know, a daily basis, a monthly basis, and etc. So either go with the times and grow with the times or get left behind in the past. Absolutely. You said it. I love it. (laughs) Another question for you, Meryl, as we begin to get ready to wind down is working at the improv at I think there's so many great, talented comedians that all started at the improv. So have you opened up for any big people, like any headliners? Is that what they're called, headliners? Yeah, that's so good. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I would say the shows that I've got to do, I've done some shows now at the Hollywood Improv and the Comedy Store. Um, It's been around, um, I'm trying to think of like, no one like super, super like next level famous on my shows. They've been in the next room while I'm doing it, but they're not on my shows, but, but at least I'm on. So I would say I've gotten to perform with like, um, 
I'm trying to think. I mean, we, on our podcast, we've had some good names of people that have been on Comedy Central. But performance-wise, it's been on a lot of, or I've been on a lot of shows with people that write for like Netflix shows and that write for um, shows on Hulu. A lot of times, I feel like I'm performing more with like writers than with like the the Whitney Cummings of the world so far. You know, so we'll get there. But but right now, I'm more like. Um, a lot of writers. I just performed with the girl that wrote for this for what we do in the shadows, a great uh a show, a wonderful show, I think, on Hulu. And yeah, so I, I would put myself like right now I'm in the category where I'm performing for a lot of of great writers. Oh, okay. That's that's super cool too, because writers are so creative and talented. So much. Yeah. And I think I'm biased because I'm an author. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And they're often like the the brains behind a lot of things. So yes, totally. Yes, and I fell into being an author. Like my background's oil and gas and energy. I spent twelve years in the corporate setting. <laughs> Whoa! What's your book called? Chocolate Drop in Corporate America: From the Pit wow. to the Palace. That's amazing. Well, everyone should go buy it. I need I need a copy. I'm going to buy it too. And I, as you can see, I love, love, love to laugh. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together because y'all something funny that you may not know if you're not a mama is sometimes when you laugh so hard, sometimes you can tinkle because after you have a baby, some women are like, you just can't control your bladder as you used to before. And I was like, no, that's not true. And now that I had a baby and I'm 31 years old, like one day I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get to the bathroom. I have to go so bad because I was like (laughs) cracking up so hard at all. I feel the same way. I actually have not had a baby, but I, I feel like I, I get bloated a lot and I have the same issue. So um, that actually happened in front of the, I was at the Eiffel Tower and I was like coughing because I had allergies and I'm, and so I like, I like urinated all over myself. <laughs> so all my pictures of myself in Paris are like me with like urine all over myself, which is too much information, but yeah, <laughs> in, in a very long way, I feel you for sure. Hey, y'all, that was our TMI commercial break, but hey, exactly. it happened. We have to do some, I'm, I'm looking into like pelvic floor strengthening, conditioning exercises because I feel like I need to like strengthen my pelvis. So if anyone has some good pelvic exercises, hit me up. Yeah, maybe I'll get someone on the podcast. I will talk about that because I think a lot of women and people in general could definitely use that. And so now I'm going to throw the ball in your court. Whoosh. Is there anything else that we have not covered regarding the work that you're doing that you want to share to add value to this conversation, Meryl? Oh, that's so good. I would say right now, it's always an ongoing thing. Um, And maybe you've talked about this with past guests, but I really believe in like a morning routine. And I don't know if you have, maybe you've talked about it before, but do you have like a I mean, obviously it's different now that you're a new mom here that you're like, my routine is just waking up and <laughs> dealing with a screaming, uh, screaming child. But like, I, I don't know how people are successful without a morning routine, because to me, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the foundation of everything. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm still trying to wake up and drink lemon water and do all the stretching and journaling and all that kind of stuff. But I, I really highly believe in a morning routine. 
Yes, a morning routine is hands down key and critical. And I did actually have a guest on my podcast some segments ago that did talk about the importance of a morning routine. And I do have a morning routine now, even though I'm a mom to a two month old, I wake up, I'm either nursing at the boob or I'm pumping. So either or (laughs) she definitely has to have her food, then take a nice hot shower because a shower just wakes me up. In the shower, I say my gratitudes, my affirmations, I may pray. Then afterwards, I'll either listen to something that is edifying me, whether it's something regarding personal development, a sermon, a message on YouTube, something that is either motivating, inspiring, or et cetera. Or I'll listen to some music, something that just gets me pumped up because like, I want to have something with high energy, high vibes, get started on a high positive note because how you start your day is going to be how you end your day. And whenever you start on a positive note, like all of the trivial minute things is not going to matter that much. And if it does, you're just going to sit in it for a little bit, but then you easily need to like switch gears so you could get on with your day yeah what time do you wake up at Ooh, so right now it varies like sometime I'm up at 3 a.m because I have (laughs) yeah well only because the baby like she doesn't have a set schedule yet so whenever she's hungry it's like I have to be on demand it's the supply and demand in order to make sure the baby has the proper nourishment that she needs that's true. Okay. I'm like a, a 7.30 girl, but yeah, I don't have, I can imagine with babies. I feel like my boyfriend and I would both, it would be like hot potato if we had a baby where it's like, we, we don't, not my time. <laughs> yes. Before the baby, sometimes I would be up by 5.30, six at the latest. Cause sometimes I just hit that snooze because I was like, my eyeballs would like to see the back of my head right now. Yes. So Meryl, audience, I definitely want to give Meryl a chance to plug her information so you can connect with her if you want to learn more about her journey in the stand-up comedy world and some of her other incredible endeavors. So Meryl, please plug your website, share where you're primarily on, whether it's social media and what platform that is. Well, thank you so much. And you are such a good podcast host. I mean, it. I really had fun with you. You're a really like eloquent and articulate host. So thank you so much, first of all. Um, yes, the podcast is called Campfire Shit Show. And that's S-H-T. And it's a, a comedy show, as you mentioned before, about the shit show moments in life. So you can find me there. And then on Instagram, I'm Meryl, M-E-R-Y-L. And then my last name is K-L-E-M-O-W. And I have, I have all my, my link tree links there. Amazing. And thank you so much, Meryl, for just coming on and shooting the breeze with me and just sharing and holding space because I definitely enjoyed this segment. I got a lot of laughter in. So audience, I want you to go follow Meryl, learn more about her and what she's doing. Her contact information will be in the show notes. So all you need to do is read, scroll on down and tap, tap in. Make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe GEMS podcast and learn more about the content that is coming into the community. It is combined of solo and interview style conversations. And for those of you out there who are interested in partnering with me, we are looking for brand sponsors. It is paid sponsorship because it does take money to fuel the mission and movement behind the show. If you want more info, hit me up on Instagram at Genesis Amaris Camp 
or you could go to my website, genesisamariskemp.net to find more info. And until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. And remember, this famous quote by Babe Root, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. So on the other side of your fear is victory. On the other side of fear is you doing something incredibly awesome. And why is it about you? Because you're the only one that can do it. That's why you're uniquely made for such a time as this. So hit that ball out the park, make a home run and do everything you were created to do. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.